Hi, I'm Nicholas. Hi, um, Nicholas. Nice to meet you all. Uh, can I, what are your names? I'm Sasha. Nice I'm Glenn. Nice to meet you, Sasha and Glenn. Thanks so much for joining us. So today we are going to talk about art as cognition. All right. Yeah, there you go. And oh, I'm yeah. going to do the annoying, you know, philosopher thing. And I'm going to ask you right off the bat what that immediately means to you. Like, what are the first things that come to your head when I say art as cognition? <laughs> no, I actually asked that to the person. I was just like, what does that mean? And she's like, oh, what does it mean? What does it mean? We don't know. <laughs> you go first. No, I, if you are a person who looks at life as art, everything you look at, everything you hear, everything you see is a snapshot of some sort of piece of beauty or horror. I love that, yeah. I apologize because I just went to the dentist and half my face is like numb. Oh my god, so a trooper I, like, for coming <laughs> here with half your face. <laughs> so like if I sound like, uh, I guess like art, my best thing is just like maybe the perception of art and what people, how you, not like put a cost, what's the word, like quanti- value it maybe. How you value it and how like people come together and, and deem it as art and as and yeah. what isn't just like maybe the more intricate process of that i'm assuming mm, cool yeah, yeah yeah awesome well yeah these are both great like ways into the conversation so yeah let's start with again the other annoying philosopher thing is whenever there's like a phrase we are confused about like philosophers we just break it down into its like composite parts and we start yeah. there so yeah so let's start because i think this is what you guys are getting at like what is art in the first yeah. place right because i think both of you are getting at that interesting ways right so what you were saying was like there's a way of moving through life in yeah. which the the distinction between like art and not art is like yeah. abolished. Like yeah. everything can give you what art gives you. And what you were getting at was this idea, yet nonetheless, a lot of people do go through life wanting to parse out what counts as art and what isn't art. Yeah. You know right? what would be interesting? Okay, I've always wanted to talk about this. I never had like the chance to flesh it out, but I yeah. took like this class and basically there was this one part, um, it was just talking about how people like price things that are not normally priced like fashion you yeah. know facial looks um but this was something like authenticity so like i guess there's a lot of people that go to countries even though it's more expensive and they will like get these like authentic traditional stuff mm-hmm. it's obviously like part of like neocolonials or whatever yeah. but i thought it was really interesting how people price authenticity nowadays especially now that like yeah i think that's just an interesting cool. i'd like to talk about yeah. that Can yeah about that's that? a, okay this is a good this is a yeah. good way in yeah, yeah. Because, like, one might say that, like, art in general is uh, or, or, or an essential way of valuing kind of artworks, right? So we'll get to this, like, broader definition, but starting with this notion that, like, there are, like, some things that are artworks. Right. And a way that we value and, in fact, a way that we decide which things count as artworks is often by – philosophers may not use the word authenticity, but I think that's what they're getting at, right? So what makes, you know, a work of – like, what makes Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa – like a work of art is not just how it looks, but also that like the genius of Leonardo da Vinci is like there, right? The in height. the work. Exactly. It's like, that's why a copy of, you know, like I could like go print a $5 copy of, you know, of Mona Lisa and hang it on my wall. And if I showed it to people, no one would be impressed. They'd be like, yeah, yeah. you just copied and pasted. it. But like, there's something about the original being like the work of a real human being. Yeah, well, I think right. when you talk when you talk about a Da Vinci, you know my background is history. Okay, cool. So yeah. for me, art is the chronicle of history, and the famous works of art really represent a time mm. and an experience. So Da Vinci was not just art, but scientific innovation and an age kind of a 
pre-Renaissance time where you had noblemen who were sponsoring yes, artists yes. who wanted to make life different and better yeah. and special, right? Versus, say, like the Australian writer Robert Hughes, I think his name, who wrote The Shock of the New, yeah. where art has become, it's more, it has to be different rather than good. I see, yeah. And, and, and Interesting. You know, make people think rather than pure beauty. Right or, or or have some intrinsic value. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna mansplain it. I'm gonna, to piggyback off of that. Um, no, no. I guess like what I was more thinking was I guess so. A lot of these cultures that we're in, in the context of the book was talking about uh, were generally cultures that are perceived by Western countries as like third world. You know, like different. Generally colonized. So I think it was specifically looking at. Uh, I forgot which country, but it's in the Caribbean, and then also Indonesia. Although yeah, oddly yeah. enough, Indonesia wasn't like formally colonized. Yeah, yeah right. that's debatable. It, yeah. But like, I mean, it really, it, it's all still. like a system, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But they were basically like a lot of white people. They say Westerners, when they meant white people. Go to the countries, and they will go into generally the more rural areas and like get the handbags or whatever because yeah, yeah. they think it's more authentic. And it's just interesting in how we added that. There's like this new level of, I guess it's always sort of been persistent. But it's interesting how people quantify it so much of like. Yeah. They would rather get, I guess, technically a handbag that isn't like industrial made. Exactly. Because they feel like it's a dying culture and it's just a fucked up thing. But all the people who work there are like, it's our way of, you know, hustling, yeah. right? And I was yeah. like, I don't know, it's very interesting to read about it. That is I think that's a very different view, like indigenous folkloric uh, art is, uh, is a. Uh, what do you say, culturally appropriated? Yeah. You know, by neo-colonialists. <laughs> yeah, I coached him. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing like, great. He's like, very and, punk rock. And, and so that's a very different barring of culture as art. Yeah. Versus fine art, right? Interesting. And so, as again, you know, when I look at history, history basically decides which art is important. Exactly. It decides which, I was about to say, no. it... it it is what a history is what erects this distinction between, you know, right? So like when I was just in DC, I went to the the, the museum of um, uh, craft arts, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And so there you get yeah like textiles, right? right? Yeah. Uh, right. And, and there's this notion that okay, the Smithsonian is willing to count it as art, but it is still it's different art. It's not it's not in the same way that you know at the at the National Portrait Gallery, right? Um, you know that that art's different, right? In DC. In DC, yeah, yeah. That's that dope, isn't it? The portrait gallery. I love the, I love I love the portrait love the gallery. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm from DC originally. So oh, we're no, from yeah. DC. We live in DC. Yeah, oh my God, we're in DC. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I live in Frederick, Maryland now, but she was born in DC. We used to live uh, like on 18th and T Street. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. I lived awesome. there like right before moving here. We were. I was staying. I was just staying There's around. Moms. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. I miss All right. DC. Well, yeah. Great. <laughs> no. What's what great about DC is everything's free. And so you I go was so, so spoiled. Much more. I was so spoiled. Yeah. I know it's so museums. expensive here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But yeah, so like, yeah, let's so let's take advantage yeah. of this this DC connection, right? Yeah. So like, when you go to like the national the National Gallery of Art, right, and we're right. the Portrait Gallery or something, and yeah, you like see these works, and they've been canon- canonized, and they've been canonized because, and this is where we can tie it back to like the topic for today, right? One might think, I think wrongly, but one might think that there's a different kind of cognition. At work in oh, those yeah. works, as yeah. opposed to the craft arts. So one might say, right, that like these works, they're works of genius. They're works of individual individuals who had these brilliant capacities for creative generative thought, right. who decided to create these individual kind of masterpieces 
we're supposed to convey something, right? Some kind of conceptual idea, as opposed to the craft works, right? The lower arts, the culture works, where there's no like kind of conceptual apparatus happening yeah. there. There's no there's no intellectual labor in the weaving of a basket. Right. That's just pure. And so it can look pretty, sure. It looks yeah. pretty. Everything yeah. looks pretty. But like that's different than like these fine masterpieces. Yeah. Well, things have changed so dramatically in terms of schools and how art is taught because the fine artists were trained in the most important academy. Exactly. But how do you until the 20th century when postmodern post-America, you know, abstract expressionism kind of took over. Shook those. And then it was, it was, Anyone's it was more game. about relationships yeah. rather than the work and the schooling. It was no longer about your skill. Exactly. It was about who you knew. Yeah, it's true. Know, that's my two cents. No, I agree. Yeah. I don't know. I read a, I read a, uh, a story about how most contemporary artists in the last 30 years or 40 years gained fame purely because of the people who they knew, like who they bumped oh, yeah. into. I have friends right. in the art world, and that is true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very different from you know other pieces. And then you know, I just saw that uh, movie where uh, who's who's our um, who's the uh, actor who's in the lighthouse who played uh, Robert Pattinson? No, Van Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Did you see the Van Gogh movie? Oh no, I didn't. Got to see it. How it was just good. how tortured he was. Actually, I was supposed to think. So I ever watched this uh, special called Nanette by um, I'm forgetting her name, Hannah. Gatsby, I think. So she, no, like, okay, I think cool. she won the Peabody Award for it, but like, she was talking about me. This is a bit of a joke, but like mental illness, I guess, or just like how we right, also yeah. perceive, you know, artist suffering as like the way yeah. that we also consume art and that it's like, it, close. it has to be, uh, people think like, it's an inherent process to how like suffering is an artist, but they're like, no, yeah. she argues against that. She's like, that's bullshit. That's, well, honestly, like a lot of these artists are kind of assholes in the yeah, first but place, but her point was like, we didn't have the flowers because um, you know he was suicidal. We had it because his brother loved him and like you know constantly advocated for his art and that like you know this this is a bit of a junk. This is definitely talking to so I guess like a different. No, this yeah, isn't fine. We, we, we but, follow the conversation where it leads. Yeah, us, yeah. You know? I guess it's just kind of like I think a lot of people expect so much emotional labor and that not emotional labor. That's not right. I guess. Like torture. That, like, yeah, yeah. We, we expect like a level of meaningful suffering to consume, and it's like, I don't think that's what art really should be defined as. I think it's, you know, so hard to. I keep throwing at these academic words. Basically, it's so hard to like. But um, yeah, she was just talking about like we need to rethink it. And we need to understand like we can't keep advocating these artists who don't give a shit. They just well, do yeah, whatever she, they want. And Basquiat. I mean, his Would own. You? you know, just inner torture of yeah. who he was from an identity. What's your responsibility to the art, you know? Yeah. Like, what do you, what's your relationship to the art? What do you owe? What is that connection? Do you consume it because your friends like it and right. you just see it in academia? Or do you really feel like a connection towards it? I'm not like trying to discount other people's like, you know, no. perception, but I guess like, I think there should be a little more personal responsibility to consuming mm. art. Yeah. You know, I don't believe in death of the author. I believe that you should know what the author was thinking. Cool. No, I, I agree with that. I think you should know what they were thinking when they were painting. I think those people say, I don't know what to call it. You know, it's just created it with no thought. Um, whether it was Jack the Dripper, 
or somebody. Jack the Dripper? Jackson Pollock. Pollock yeah. oh. <laughs> Jack the Dripper. He was exploited too because he didn't even like the works he's most famous for. No, he was a, he he was was a trained artist. That was, like, right. that was exploited by his agent. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, just like, oh, people like to want to buy it. Exactly, exactly. Right. I was, I was sorry, go on. I was, That's it. Okay, yeah, I was just going to say you brought up Basquiat and there was just this whole drama where Jay-Z and Beyonce used a Basquiat in their, uh, oh, yeah. their ad, one of their ad campaigns for a, what, what one of those it was it was it Tiffany's like I don't remember but I remember what you're talking about yeah yeah. yeah and and people were livid because they said you know Basquiat oh, is this sorry, yeah okay yeah. yeah like Basquiat is this you know like was this working class like yeah. working like like poor like yeah. destitute artist yeah. who yeah. desperately tried to make his way in an art world that right. did not care right. about people like him yeah and he made art for the people and by the people yeah. and here you have two of the most richest people in the world, like showing off the fact that they have exclusive access to yeah. one of his pieces. Yeah. And that's something that could have been avoided if they I think paid his, more his work will stand the test of time. Oh. I think he is, you know, post-war, post-70s. His art kind of represents just, I mean, just it's beautiful. It is. It's figurative. It kind of looks like public art as well as, you know, fine art. It's, it's, it's a product of him. Uh oh. Right? <laughs> no, I, I feel I I'm feel I get like girls, excited about Basquiat's work because I think it's. I love he does that. like it. I remember growing up. He has this little portrait of him, and he's just like he still has it. He gave it to us, and we still have our apartment. We don't know where to hang it. No, though, it's Andy Warhol and, like and John Michel. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 there's this famous thing in Basquiat where Andy says to Jean Michel, he says, Dad. he says, oh, you're an artist. Jean-Michel, I'm not an artist. He's like a graphic designer, yeah. right? Where he's a true artist. Like, he, he just makes art. And that is yeah. so rare. Yeah. So no, rare. it is. And just the time, his background, his backstory, who he was. It's brilliant. It's it incredible. brilliant. He didn't exist for the market uh, to get this tension, right? Like, he, he, he was an artist for the art. And I think... So like to go to what you were back to what you were saying earlier then, like, that's like this whole Beyonce Jay-Z case. That's a perfect example of, like, why respect for the artist yeah. matters. Yeah. Knowing who they are. Like if they, if they had done a little research on who Basquiat is, they would know how ridiculous it is yeah. to put this man's art yeah. in like, like you know. Like, she's a straight up communist. I'm not even saying like a like interpretive. She is like a hardcore star. She has like said regards to be like, a very communist, very anti capitalist, like was fully against her pricing her things. And yet like she's has like kind of white feminist icon mm-hmm. which is like sad i see her like everywhere i'm like yo she would not like you her face on a handbag she, exactly man. yeah she but diego rivera was all about those, digging in her grave. all those big mural projects yeah. you know so uh you can't be a socialist or a communist and be an artist and want yeah. and use your fame for personal gain right it's probably, I mean, that's... I don't feel like a lot of artists do. I think they just kind of get screwed over by the system. Not all, don't get me wrong. I don't like, think they the get ones, screwed, but... Yeah, I think, like, they're all kind of screwed over, but... Yeah. In the end of the world, there's just the elitism that is part of the art world yeah. is the troublesome part. It is. Yeah. It is. I mean, and, and so maybe it sounds like what we're circling around, and, you know, yeah. take it back to, like, artist cognition, right? Yeah. It's this idea that, like... We don't have to say that like art is just a product of geniuses, right? We don't have to buy into the notion of fine art, but we we do want to have this idea that like, but art is it's personal. It is like it is yeah. it is an imaginative act by an yeah. individual, and the problem is that we live in a world where art is commodified, art is publicized, art is transformed into a product, 
And that seems to lose this nature of art as cognition, as art as individual thought. I've seen a lot of cool things right now. I'm really into it. Well, also just the short-term capability to be the act of cognition is people's thought patterns are 18 seconds max. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> you know, I just think of going to a museum where you'd sit in front of a piece for 30 minutes. Yeah. Or like at Surat, there's pointillism and study yeah, every exactly. dot, back up, go in, get perspective, and that sort of thought process. I don't know if that exists, except S for someone like you, because she's an illustrator. Media. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, debatably. But yeah, like social media, we don't have shorter attention spans. Exactly. Like it's so much consumption. Like it's a, it's an overabundance of consumption rather than like before it was just a lack of access to Exactly. It. So it's like now we all oh, have Lord. this exposure, but it seems like we're running out of time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We gotta go. I gotta, I gotta well, go. Thank you guys so thank much for coming so in. Much. It's just fantastic. Yes. Yeah, it was great.